Welcome, I'm Kay Dorellis, your host, and this is the Good Girl Gone OMAD podcast, a go-to resource for people just like yourself looking to learn more about their health and happiness through intermittent fasting in a world that's constantly telling us to do more, be more, and eat more. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, wherever you're listening right now, I just want to say thank you. I really appreciate your support. And if you're loving this podcast, make sure to subscribe and give it a star rating. Here's a brief message from our sponsor. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had so many questions. How do I record an episode? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places people like to listen? Where do I find advertisers? The answer to every one of those questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and 100% easy to use. I absolutely love Anchor. It allows me to record and organize my podcast without being an audio engineer. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Hey, good girls and guys. Have you ever tried being good with your eating, but you just didn't know what to eat? I remember that one time when I went an additional three hours past my fasting window because I just wasn't sure what to eat. It seems like everything these days claims to be healthy, but the question is, is it true? And despite all of your efforts to eat healthy, are you not seeing a change in your health and weight? Well, part of that has to do with checking the authenticity of your food. Authentic. I know it's a term that we typically use when we refer to people and friends, but nowadays we gotta start screening our food the same way we screen our friends. Hey, quick announcement here. Many of you have messaged me sharing your phenomenal stories about your health and your journey with intermittent fasting. If you have a story that you'd like to share on the Good Girl Gone OMAD podcast, or if you want to nominate a health rock star that you know to come on the show, I'm now welcoming all guests. Send me a note on my website, goodgirlgoneomad.com, and let me know who you'd like to nominate. Do you ever wonder? If there's a natural food section in the grocery store, what does that make the food in the rest of the store? I'm always baffled by the fact that we are at a point in our world where we actually need to market natural foods. Think about that for a second. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm happy that natural and organic and wellness and health are trending these days because it's in the best interest of everybody. People are looking for lifestyle changes that prevent sickness in the first place, and I'm here for it. But I want you guys to be uber smart about what is actually healthy for you versus what is fake health. 
And we're going to talk about that today. Sit tight for just a quick message from our sponsor. Yay, health is getting the attention it deserves. But it seems like everyone is trying to make money off of this trend. Now, there's nothing wrong with making money, but when it's disingenuous, that's where I find a fault. Let's take a look at a brand that's getting a fair chunk of the pie in the name of health. Now, this is all a matter of opinion. I'm not a scientist nor a nutritionist, so don't hold my feet to the fire regarding my opinion. But you have to think to yourself that if you need a label to tell you that something is healthy, chances are it probably isn't. So the Fairlife Milk brand, Fairlife Milk. I'm not going to lie. I was keenly interested in this milk. I actually have milk sensitivity that I kind of make an exception for when there's ice cream involved. But I'm always on the lookout for a quote unquote better milk because my daughter loves cereal. Like she can eat it morning, noon, and night. And it did take some convincing for me to try it because... It's a Coca-Cola product, so it's just weird. The question became, can I trust the same people that make brown sugar cola to make my milk? Of course not. And I shouldn't say that, but let me tell you why I tried it. I figured out of all of the companies that are trying to make a better milk, surely a Coca-Cola company that's worth almost $200 billion has the resources that it needs to make milk taste like liquid gold. That just made logical sense to me. Fairlife milk is touted as more nutritious, more delicious, with more protein, more calcium, more this, more that. I mean, this milk isn't lacking in anything. It's more sustainable, more care was given to the cows, it's literally like the super milk of our time. And it seems like you really can't go wrong. But if you look past the name, Fairlife, which, what does that even mean for milk anyway? It's a gimmick. It's a gimmick into thinking that something that has been overly tampered with is somehow better for you. Their milk is the epitome of processed food. It is highly filtered. We are unsure of what is actually being taken out and what is actually be adding to that bottle. Highly filtered doesn't actually mean better for you. It doesn't mean healthier for you. And I don't believe that milk should be this manipulated for us. We have to ask ourselves, how do we go from milkmen delivering milk in, in crates a long time ago to a Fairlife brand a bottle of milk that can actually sit on a shelf longer than a loaf of bread. And it is so confusing to walk into a grocery store and know exactly what you should and shouldn't be eating. If any of you are interested, as a health coach, I offer grocery store tours to my clients to help them understand what to really look for in labels so that you know exactly what you're buying. Oftentimes, we all walk up and down the aisles 
habitually buying the same items that we put on our list. But we aren't paying as close attention to the ingredients that make our foods a food. So send me a message if you are interested because these marketing tactics are getting slicker by the day and you can't distinguish the quality stuff from the crap. Yeah, the crap. Here are the top things you need to know when shopping. These are the same tips I share with my clients to look for the next time that they're out shopping or perhaps at home e-shopping for food at the grocery store. Number one, label first. When shopping the aisles, absolutely the first thing I do is flip the product over and check the nutrition label first. Ignore the branding, ignore the logo, ignore the pictures, ignore the price, the messaging, the features, the benefits. Ignore whatever they have to scream at you on the front and you flip that bad boy over and with your own eyes, you can read exactly what your food is made of. And here's why. Take it from somebody who is seasoned in branding and marketing, such as myself, I'm just saying, the front of the product is to get you to notice the product on a shelf within a sea of other competitors. Yes, they want you to be informed and they want you to know about all the health benefits of their product. But if you never notice their product on a shelf with other brands, then you won't pick it up and buy it. And if you don't buy it, then that means no revenue. So within the Fairlife example that I mentioned earlier, imagine a grocery store where you shop. Now that Fairlife milk has to grab your attention somehow, but it's also sitting next to Borden milk, Organic Valley milk, Horizon milk, Dairyland milk, Dean, Stonyfield Farms, Clover, Mayfield Dairy, Shamrock Farms, and don't forget the private label brand from the grocery. I mean, competition is steep in the dairy industry. The shelves are saturated. And let me not forget to mention that this same Fairlife milk that you're trying to find and shop for is also sitting next to other subsets of milk. So you got it sitting next to the 2% milk and the whole milk and low fat and fat free, skim milk, soy milk, almond milk, cashew, organic, lactose free, flavored milk, raw milk, organic, like, wow. <laughs> I actually don't know why I'm picking on milk, but a lot of a lot of this can be said about any other category. However, the real information is not found on the front with all the pretty pictures, but it's all on the back. So you want to check the list of ingredients. The first four ingredients should be ones that you've heard of before, ones that you can definitely pronounce. Now, just because you can't pronounce it doesn't make it bad, but it just may make it more comforting for you to see an ingredient that you are familiar with, an ingredient that is kind of easy on the eyes. Also, ingredients are listed in the order of greatest amount to least amount. So if sugar, for example, is in the top four ingredients, you may want to rethink it. Number two, think fiber second. So if the first thing we're looking for is the label, next we have to, have to 
have to check for fiber. Our country is fiber deficient, and I believe that is a main contributor to our health issues. We're just lacking. Fiber is removed or perhaps was never included in a lot of our processed foods. It's kind of laughable because we've taken fiber out of everything only to process it back in and then market it as with added fiber, which of course, you know, we're paying a premium for. But if we stopped taking the fiber out of foods, we would never have to add it back in in the first place. That's why I'm such a huge fan of fruit and whole grains. And that's probably why I would never go keto or practice the keto diet personally, because when it comes to practicing health, these are just great sources to get fiber in your diet naturally. Number three, just say no to sugar. Uh, sugar, where do I start? There is a war on sugar, you guys. Um, we all know that. But what I notice is that people verbalize that they don't eat sugar or that they said no to sugar, but their diet is actually laden with sugar. It's filled with sugar. So how is this possible? How can you, for example, pick up a bottle of Minute Maid fruit punch juice that says it's low in sugar or light on sugar or perhaps has zero sugar, but it tastes so sweet? I don't know why I'm picking on Coca-Cola today, but <laughs> so many people are glazing over ingredients that they completely miss all the other pseudonyms or synonyms that are classified as sugar. Did you know that there are 56 different ways to say sugar? 56. So there's sugar, otherwise known as sucrose. There's high fructose corn syrup. Hold on. Pause. High fructose corn syrup, which honestly deserves its own episode. So don't get me started there. Or perhaps do get me started. <laughs> um, anyway, agave, yes, that's still sugar. Brown sugar, cane sugar, coconut fruit juice concentrate, honey, raw sugar, dextrose, lactose, maltose, aspartame, and that's just a short list. So if you're ever wondering how your bottled drinks can taste so sweet, yet claim zero grams of sugar, that's how. What bottled manufacturers, uh, what bottled drink manufacturers have been able to do is hide sugar in plain sight, right in front of your own eyes. For example, they can say that a drink contains zero grams of sugar, which is sucrose, but hide undisclosed amounts of sweetness under one of the names I just listed. For example, high fructose corn syrup. Remember, there are 56 ways to name sugar without saying sugar. So it's really crazy. All the while you're thinking, wow, this drink is sugar-free and it must be good and it must be better for me. But that's not entirely accurate. I will say to watch out for these sugar ingredients in all of your foods, but particularly be sure to check your yogurts, your condiments like your ketchup and sauces and granolas because they are seemingly healthy foods or low in sugar foods and they allegedly remove all the bad stuff 
like fat. So you'll see fat-free yogurt. However, to make sure that your food doesn't taste like cardboard, they'll inject mounds of sugar to make sure that it tastes good. Number four, gluten. Oh, sweet baby gluten. I know gluten or gluten-free is riding its own wave right now. Everything seems to be gluten-free. Pasta, cakes, cupcakes, cookies, snacks. <laughs> and in try to true fashion, we believe that if an ingredient is absent, then it must be healthy. So gluten-free means healthy. Not so. Going gluten-free doesn't equate to health. Many gluten-free items are actually junk food in sheep's clothing. I often wonder if even the people that eat gluten-free have officially been diagnosed with any sort of any any sort of gluten intolerance or perhaps celiac disease or are they just eating that way because it's trendy? If you think you have a gluten intolerance, you should absolutely get tested for it as well as celiac disease. But you can absolutely be eating unhealthy if you're focused on eating gluten-free because it's the latest trend. Food manufacturers know this, and they're replacing foods that were once laden with gluten with now gluten-free options, but they are just as processed as your junk food. So in my opinion, gluten-free snacks are just as junky as the sugary fat snacks. Fat snacks. <laughs> I would strongly encourage you to talk to a registered nutritionist if you're interested in a gluten-free diet. If you've listened to my previous episode, Rethink Your Food, Part 1, you know I'm more interested in the content of my food beyond the nutrition label, and I encourage you to do the same thing. I care about things like nutrition, nutrients, minerals, way before I care about calories and grams of fat and sodium, but I really want to shed some light on a common sense approach to selecting food. It's so easy to get duped by marketing and labels and things that we pass on as common knowledge because basically we're being told what's in our food. We are not investigating what's in our food. We are very educated about what our food actually is. So with that said, and in that same episode, you know, I absolutely hate the macros way of eating. So for all of you guys out there cycling macros, now you know, but I cannot fundamentally agree with that theory that kind of dumbs down our food to just fat, carbs, and protein, as if that's the only thing that we should care about that is within our food. There are more things that fuel the body than just fat, carbs, and protein. For example, I've used this example many times. We've come to know avocado as a healthy fat. That's it. An avocado, healthy fat. That's all we know about an avocado, and it tastes great. But I have yet have somebody tell me that an avocado is a good source of vitamin K and folate and vitamin C and potassium and vitamin E. We don't have those discussions. We have to be smarter and more resourceful and want to understand more about what our food is, not just what our food is marketed to us as. 
So because I don't have many food allergies, I try to eat my food full on. Full on sugar. I I actually avoid high fructose corn syrup, but um, full on gluten, full on fiber, full on everything that is actually supposed to be in my food. And I try to stay away from processed foods. If you follow me on Instagram, which I hope you do, you can see me in rare form doing exactly what I do best, which is eating. I am not the model citizen for dieting because I don't believe in dieting. I love my body and I love my food, but I also know a lot about a lot when it comes to health and I'm here to help, not to be a role model. I eat, sleep, and breathe everything when it comes to health, medical practice, preventative care, and well-being because it's all connected. We're all connected. Food now is probably one of the most confusing studies of science that's out there because I don't think it was actually supposed to be a science in the first place. One day you're told that eating eggs is okay, and in March, not too long ago, the Journal of the American Medical Association published a study that linked eating eggs with cardiovascular disease and death. Come on now. You mean to tell me? A girl, myself, grew up on the streets of Chicago, that an egg is going to be the thing that takes me out of here? (laughs) Doctors are not reliable. I covered that in my previous episode. Research is flawed. You, my good listener, are your best resource. So remember that in your quest of trying to understand what to eat and when to eat. Food alone isn't the only thing that's going to help you stay happy and whole. If you like this episode, join me on Instagram at goodgirlgoneomad and let me know what your biggest takeaway was. I love to hear what you guys think about learning more about your food. So leave me a comment or send me a message or an email. Also, if you want me to touch on any of the ingredients that I mentioned before, especially high fructose corn syrup, let me know that too, because I got an entire soapbox for you guys and I'm just waiting to dust off. And while you're at it, if you're loving where the Good Girl Gone OMAD podcast is going, please give me a five-star rating and subscribe. Text a link of this episode to a friend or family member or someone you know who needs to hear this right now because we gotta help each other help each other.